This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Voice of Change time, and it is myself, Lauren Jacobs. It's Kate Pulpit, and it's Thursday, which means that we are now having a long weekend, right? And it's a special time. It's a special, special season where we celebrate God. We celebrate His salvation, His redemption, the freedom that He has given to us, and also the great sacrifice that He gave. And you know what? It's going to be a wonderful show today because I'm going to be touching on Israel. Yes, that's right. Israel, the terrorism that's been happening in Israel. We're going to have a very straightforward conversation about a lot of comments that have been made about Israel by some very well-known people in our country. We're going to also be touching on Israel's response to Ukraine. How has that been? But also we're going to be touching on the women of Israel, one of the biggest organizations of women working tirelessly in Israel and around the world, WITO. And it's going to be a phenomenal show as we touch on what the women of Israel have been doing for over 102 years, making an impact not only in Israel, but beyond. And so today it's going to be really, really about joining our hearts together with Israel and the Jewish people to discover what is really happening in Israel, what has happened over the last week to two weeks as a new wave of terrorism has reared its ugly head in Israel. And so many people have lost their lives. And you know, it is something that we don't hear often enough about, but we have to talk about. And I'm joined by the incredible Rolene Marks, and she's a freelance journalist, a broadcaster, and a keynote speaker who has you know, appeared in many different television shows and on radio. She's also the owner of a media public relations and consulting agency on Jewish and Israel related issues, as well as she does media training. She can also be heard on High FM, a Johannesburg based radio station. She's a regular correspondent on Channel News Asia and has been speaking to international audiences around the world from Brazil to Germany, Australia, Israel, USA, the UN Alliance of Civilization and so much more and she is the co-founder of lay of the land which is the host of an israel brief on youtube and is also co-founder of the south africa israel policy forum she's also a phd candidate so i have brought in the big guns today to be talking to you about israel about wheat so about ukraine about so many hot topics right now that i personally feel we need to talk about and of course we are going to be ending off today's show with a touch point focus on passover you know what is happening in israel with passover and also you know the sacredness and the celebration of this beautiful season so you don't want to go anywhere you want to be here with me on voice of change today enjoy this Rolene is with me after this Rolene, it's so lovely to have you here with me today. We are going to be getting into some really, really good topics. It's going to be an informative conversation, but also one which I hope is going to open some ears of the listeners. And before we get into touching on terrorism, the war in Ukraine, WITO, we're talking about Passover, we're talking about so many different things. Welcome. It's so good to have you with me today. I hope you're doing well. Well, first of all, I just want to say a huge thank you to you, and to your listeners, I know that you are so supportive of Israel, of the Jewish people, and it means the world to us, especially when we are going through challenging times. 
to know that we have tremendous, tremendous friends in our Christian brothers and sisters. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Rolene. And it's such a it's such a blessing to to have these bridges, you know, to have these bridges and to be connecting. And I know so many Christian people here in South Africa, and particularly in Cape Town where we are, you know, standing outside of Parliament every single Friday, waving that Israel flag and saying, We are supporting Israel. We love Israel. We are supporting the Jewish people. We are there. We are with them. You know, and I think it's so important. That's why, you know, having you join me today is special uh, because it's so important to be having these conversations and for us to be connecting together. So thank you so much. That's really beautiful. And, you know, speaking of, you touched on, you know, just, just briefly, you know, everything that Israel is going through and the Jewish people are experiencing to, to highlight Israel at this time. And I really want to touch on this. There is actually a lot of things happening in Israel right now, isn't there? You know, terrorism is a big thing right now. There's terrorist attacks happening. And I find that, you know, global media isn't covering it as much. Could you give us, you know, a bit, tell us a bit about what's happening in Israel? What's going on? What what are the people experiencing? Because just a little bit of information I've been receiving is terrorism is rearing its really ugly head again. Well, first of all, before I uh, address the issue of terror and the current wave that we are experiencing, I just want to thank all of those uh, incredible people who stand outside Parliament every Friday waving those Israeli flags, rain or, or snow or sunshine, barring a global pandemic. We see it here in Israel and we feel that energy and especially now when we are enduring a, a wave of terror that has seen 14 people murdered over the mm. last three weeks, two of them Ukrainian nationals, foreign mm. workers that, that came here, that came to work, uh, as well as a Druze border police guard who was just 19 years old and an Arab-Israeli police officer. He was, uh, he literally laid down his life to save others, as well as uh, the 10 other Israelis who were brutally murdered. Now, this time of the year, we anticipate a increase in violence as mm. we approach Ramadan. There are, are some who follow an ideology that believe that this time of the year during Ramadan, it, it's time to enact jihad. And I wouldn't say that's the only reason, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it's something that we've come to anticipate over the last uh, couple of years or so. Last year, this time, if you recall, we had that horrific 11-day war with mm -hmm. uh, Hamas, which saw the firing of over 4,000 rockets towards uh, Israeli sovereign territory, which claimed the lives of several Israelis. Mm. Uh, but this time we have seen the spate of terror starting with a, an attack in Beersheba in the south, a, a place where we haven't seen terror attacks for a very long time, four people losing their lives there. Then uh, in Khadera in the north, two border guards, just 19. I mean, if you consider 19 mm. years old, their whole lives ahead of them, brutally gunned down by, uh, two, by two Israeli Arabs who supported ISIS. And then several days later, B'nai Brak, uh, known or recognized to be a, a part of Tel Aviv, where the ultra-Orthodox 
community uh, live mm-hmm. and five people killed there, including Amir Khoury, the Arab-Israeli police officer. And what has been very, very touching is that the Orthodox community, the Haredi community, uh, will be paying tribute to him by mm-hmm. naming a street after him. And then last Thursday, uh, another horrific, horrific terror attack, this time in the heart of Tel Aviv, Thursday night, which for us in Israel is like a Saturday night mm-hmm. where people are out, we're in the restaurants, we're in the bars, very, very vibrant. And three people were killed in this terror attack. And of course, Israel has experienced this many times mm-hmm. and, and we have triumphed over each wave of terror, but it does bring with it uh, this horrific fear of, uh, you know, who would be next, where will it, will it come from next, mm. uh, changing our lifestyles, being on edge, being very frightened. And, of course, because we're such a small country, we are so connected to each other. Mm. And you don't know anybody in this country who doesn't know somebody or has had direct experience with terrorism. And the mind boggles, as you said, the mainstream media are not covering this. Yeah. As we've come to expect, they will cover any response coming from Israel, but not the circumstances which led up to that. So when somebody like you tells our story, uh, opens the, uh, the eyes of the world onto what we are experiencing here, mm-hmm. it, it really, really goes a long way to help explain the situation and uh, goes a long way for us Israelis to express our gratitude that you are giving a voice to our experience. Mm, you know, Relini, touch on something that I think is so important, giving voice to your experience, the experience of Israel, the experience of Israelis. And I think that it is very important to amplify those voices. I feel incredibly, you know, whenever you hear about terrorism in Israel, it, it is I find it incredibly sad and it is very difficult, you know, and, and this is something that Israelis live with consistently all the time, you know, and like you said, this is not the first time, you know, that this has happened, not at all. And it's, it is something that people live with. And I remember when I went to Israel a couple of years ago, we went in a time where, you know, it was considered peaceful and, but still there was a sense, you know, when, when you were, went to certain places, there was a very strong sense that, you know, it wouldn't be okay. And um, my friend and I were actually speaking Hebrew to one another and um, we were practicing our Hebrew out, you know, because we had done lessons and we were actually assaulted by um, someone and, um, you know, they, they thought that we were Israeli. And so, just being tourists and, and, you know, communicating to one another in Hebrew, my friend and I from South Africa, yeah, you know, and um, then experiencing um, an, a, a kind of an assault, you know, and it was actually very interesting for me. And although I didn't really feel scared, although it was quite a scary situation, this is not something that is new to people, you know, Israelis that are living there, to the Jewish people. And I think it's so important, like you said, to consistently amplify those voices. On on one hand, you know, we're also talking about a country and a people and a nation that has responded to what is happening in Ukraine. I know Israel were 
one of the you know one of the first countries to respond with humanitarian help setting up you know field hospitals tell us a little bit about that you know what has been happening on the front with you know this ukraine war which we see now spreading over into a very very you know i consider th- almost three months a very long period of time although some people say this could be a couple of years war you know we don't know what's going to happen but israel responding and also the help you know, orphan help. Tell us a bit about what the response has been and how, you know, the war in Ukraine is actually quite important to Israel as well. Well, Israel's response has been absolutely extraordinary. And uh, many people who are familiar with the history of the Jewish people will understand that our history in Ukraine, uh, which was part of the former Soviet Union, uh, has not been a, a pleasant history. It, it's a history of persecution. We can't forget the, pogrom, the pogroms mm. and followed not long after by the Holocaust, uh, where our communities were virtually decimated. But over the decades, something tremendous has happened. We've seen the rebirth of Jewish life in Ukraine and, and now a, a Ukrainian prime minister and uh, the man of the hour who is the president, Volodymyr Zelensky, mm. also uh, Jewish. But I think as a country and as a people who've lived through war and through persecution and know, as we've just discussed, the threats posed by terror every single day, we cannot look at events in Ukraine without being motivated to respond and respond we have. Since the minute those Russian tanks rolled into Ukraine, we dispatched our diplomats both at our embassy in Kyiv, uh, along with the embassies in Romania, Poland, Slovakia, along the borders to help evacuate not just Israelis, but uh, people from other countries who were stranded. And and to date, Mm. we've evacuated Palestinians. We've evacuated Lebanese, Moroccans, uh, Egyptians, Syrians, who were basically left to fend for themselves by their governments. We've also had the the Jewish Agency for Israel stationed to try and help uh, Ukrainian Jews who've wanted to come and uh, make Aliyah Mm. come to Israel. Israel has taken in thousands of Ukrainian refugees who aren't necessarily Jewish. Mm. Uh, We also dispatched United Hatzalah, Uh, as well as Israel Aid to medical NGOs who set up field hospitals in Moldova to to help evacuees with whatever medical needs they they may have. We have evacuated orphans. We have evacuated Holocaust survivors. We have evacuated 50 Ukrainian athletes, most of them fencers, to Mm. come to Israel to continue their their training so that they don't miss out. We have evacuated cancer patients so that they may continue their treatment. And of course, the real shining star is the field hospital set up by our Ministry of Health in partnership with with Sheba Medical Center on the ground, named after Golda Meir, the first female prime minister of Israel who was actually born in Kyiv, called the Kochav Meir, the shining star. 
and a shining star it it is. Uh, it, it treated, I think, about two days ago. It reached two thousand. Um, patients it had treated, it's already done uh, an appendectomy, uh, a cardiac surgery, and we've had the first baby delivered mm. at our field hospital. And, and coupled with that, Israel has sent over a hundred tons of humanitarian aid, things like medicines, clothing, tents, uh, medical equipment, water, whatever would be needed by Ukrainians who are fleeing for their lives to help them. We've got countless NGOs on the ground and on the borders working to help as much as possible. And of course, there is the situation, what happens to refugees once yeah. they come to Israel? And here we have the phenomenal wheat. So uh, the Women's International Zionist Organization, very much present mm -hmm. in South Africa. And I want to give a shout out to the Ruthies, our wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful Ruthies who are a part of that, our Christian sisters. Thank you, ladies, for everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And uh, our job now is to help those children who are absolutely traumatized by what they have experienced, along with Russian and Ukrainian children that we've already had in projects across our schools, mm -hmm. deal with the, with the trauma that comes with, first of all, being far away from their families, their loved ones, and mm -hmm. also coming from countries that are now at war. It, it's a very, very, very delicate um, uh, tightrope that we have to walk. Uh, because their well-being has to come first before anything. And, uh, you know, while I'm talking about difficult tightropes, we also have to acknowledge Israel's role in trying to mediate between mm. Ukraine and Russia, which unfortunately we've had to suspend for the time being as we deal with the wave of terror in Israel. But wherever Israel has been given the opportunity to be of service and to help, we have certainly risen to that challenge and WITSO is such a huge part of that. And I know so many of you listening, you are a part of that. Mm, I love this, Rolene. Thank you so much. I love, 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 you know, hearing the response of Israel. My mom has this saying. She always says that, you know, if something happens in the world, Israel are going to respond well. You know, my mom always has this thing of, look at what Israel are doing. It's so wonderful what Israel are doing. It's so interesting how, you know, a lot of people actually have that mindset because they see what Israel does and how they respond. And I think that it's so important you touched on Rizzo as well. And I love when, you know, women get together around the world as well and do incredible, powerful, impactful, meaningful, loveful, beautiful works around the world. And, and you know, we're going to go to a quick music break, but when we get back, I want us to touch more on Rita. I know you mentioned as well, the Ruth branch, the Christian branch that is, you know, really making such a huge impact here in South Africa and beautiful women just coming alongside Israel and Jewish women and connecting together and saying we want to help we want to be able to serve you know we so doing such incredible things and we're going to touch on exactly what we are up to when we get back after the music break but we don't want you to go anyway stay with us Rolina is still with me after this enjoy some music and see you when we get back you're with me Lauren Jacobs and as the voice of change if you just join me welcome to the show 
But where have you been? Because we're about halfway through, you've been touching on exactly, you know, Israel's response to what has been happening in Ukraine, but also the very real reality of terrorism in Israel and what is happening, this new wave of terrorism that is happening, and also the brave people who have laid down their lives, you know, and it's an incredible reality, one, that Israelis live with every single day. And we tend to kind of forget that because mainstream media doesn't really cover it. But Berlene Marks is with me and we're touching now on Wietso. Now, Berlene, before we went to the music, you were talking about Wietso. And, you know, if people don't know what it is, can you kind of uncover a little bit of Wietso for us? What exactly do Wietso women do? What do they get up to? I know Wietso have been around for over 100 years, an incredible history of strong women beginning this beautiful, beautiful organization. But what exactly do they do? Where are they involved? And what do they get up to on? And you know, what do Wietso women do every day? Well, WITSO is the biggest and most respected social welfare organization in Israel. We're 102 years old. And I'm going to borrow some of your wonderful adjectives that you, you use because you hit the nail on the head. We are impactful. We are women. We are an international sisterhood. Uh, we have federations around the world, including yours in South Africa. Uh, we're everywhere from Jamaica to Guatemala to the United mm. States, Australia, uh, Europe. We, we're all around the world, this incredible network of strong, impactful, beautiful women who are working for, amongst many things, uh, the improvement of Israeli society. You know, our, our uh, call sign is... Uh, doing what matters. That is our motto. We literally do. So from uh, running our daycare centers, which many of you will be familiar with, to doing work like lobbying in the Knesset in the Israeli parliament for the rights of women and children here in Israel, uh, working for the, the rights of gender parity. I know it's something that many women of our generation are very concerned about. Uh, working to improve the status of women, working mm. to combat gender-based violence. Mm. Uh, during the pandemic, we were the most trusted organization given the permission by the government to open up uh, another shelter to take in women impacted by gender-based violence, as uh, so many of us had to lock down mm. uh, around the world. We are present at the United Nations, where we support Israel's mission to the UN, and we all know how hostile that environment yeah. is. And our women there uh, work in various agencies for the rights of women and children. We work with every aspect of Israeli society from uh, our babies in daycare centers, uh, in care, right through to the elderly, including Holocaust survivors. And, uh, you know, we say behind every successful man is a woman, or behind every successful uh, democratic uh, uh, Jewish state, there is a backbone. And we so, the Women's International Zionist Organization, is that backbone. Mm -hmm. We are women. We are Zionists. We're very, very proud of the, uh, the, the Zionist in our identity. Uh, we work very, very hard as well with our minority communities here in, in Israel, especially uh, women in women's 
leadership to improve their status. We have over 800 projects across the state of oh. Israel. So if you are a young woman and you care about social justice and you care about uh, improving the status of women around the world, dealing with issues like gender-based violence, supporting the state of Israel, supporting each other as women and having impact, then WITSO is the organization that you want to be a part of. Mm, I love, love, love this. And your passion for it, Raleen, is so powerful. And, and I agree, you know, we so doing such incredible things. So many shelters, helping with so many orphans. It's absolutely incredible. And the work does not stop. It continues consistently. And like you said, even during the pandemic, opening another shelter, we know, we heard, we were hearing all the time, even here in South Africa, the increase of gender-based violence during the pandemic and hearing how we have been able to respond, hearing how the women of Israel were able to respond, you know, giving that, being given that permission to create that shelter as well. And what a powerful, powerful, powerful thing to be doing because women need that help. And you know what, a lot of times, and, and I've seen this, you know, for a lot of Christian people, they also consider, you know, Israel to be a certain kind of nation, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, a holy nation it's you know what you read about in the bible and all of those things but there are real issues just like what's happening in south africa happening in israel as well you know gender-based violence it's a reality for example you know these are real things and we so being able to answer that call and being impactful woman and i love that and i wanted to know you know you know, we hear a lot sometimes about one of the things we're hearing a lot about at the moment in South Africa, and it's been for quite a while, but over the past few months, it's just this increase in, you know, people speaking out, particularly, you know, um, our, our late president, Nelson Mandela, his grandson speaking up against Israel and saying a lot of different things. And we hear this kind of speech quite often. And sometimes I feel it makes people in South Africa quite confused because you look up to someone like, you know, the late president, and you go, he was such a, a great man and, and very peaceful. And yet you hear, you know, family members of his maybe speaking negatively about Israel causes confusion. You know, what, what should we really be thinking, you know, how should our hearts be positioned? Why is it so important when we started off this conversation, you're also saying it is so great to have Christian support. And I think that that is very, very an important point. And, you know, how important is, is it for us to really support the Jewish people and also support Israel and to really understand what is happening in Israel, which we don't often understand, particularly when it comes to terrorism and what is happening every day in Israel, the society there, you know, what is what is it that should really be on our hearts when we look at Israel and we see that this nation that's always answering the call to help others and to really respond, but yet we hear so many weird things, you know, sometimes it can be quite confusing in South Africa. Well, first of all, I'm going to talk to you as uh, somebody who grew up in South Africa during the apartheid years to our phenomenal millennials who I know who are listening the first thing we have to do as South Africans is take back the narrative of South Africa. We have uh, allowed through people like Mandela Mandela uh, and the BDS, the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement, who, in my opinion, are anti-peace because they don't want uh, to see 
people interacting with Israel. They don't want mm. uh, people visiting Israel. And the only way that we, we create a peaceful society is by building bridges, not by creating mm. more division. So South Africans, I'm appealing to you, our history, our narrative, our experience of, uh, uh, of apartheid has been appropriated by people like Mandela Mandela and the BDS movement who want to use that particular narrative to demonize and delegitimize the state of Israel and cast Israel out from the family of nations. Now, we're not a perfect society. Uh, I don't think any country is, but we're certainly not an apartheid state. And it's so important that uh, we South Africans lead the charge in reclaiming that uh, appropriation that they have done. Uh, the second thing is I really encourage as many people as possible to come to Israel and see the situation on the ground for yourself. This is what Israel's detractors are scared of. They mm. don't want you to see what's happening in Israel because then their accusations are, are proven false. We know a very, very, very famous scriptural saying, I will bless those that bless thee and I will curse those that curse thee. Mm. And um, you can see uh, what has happened uh, to, to countries like the United Arab Emirates, uh, now like Kosovo, uh, Morocco, Bahrain, who have forged ties with Israel. Look at the prosperity and the peace mm. that is growing in the region and beyond. Look at the interaction between uh, people. You know, every single Friday, uh, there is a, a flurry on social media between Israelis, Emiratis, Bahrainis, and Moroccans wishing each other in Hebrew and in Arabic uh, Juma Mubarak for the Muslims for their Sabbath and Shabbat Shalom for ours. Hmm. That is because we are creating dialogue and, and, and breaking down the accusations. The other thing I would encourage is, is read about Israel, learn about yeah. Israel. Uh, where we do deserve criticism, by all means, we're a, we're a democracy and nobody does criticism better than um, Israelis. In fact, I like to think it's our national sport. But, but <laughs> read about the situation and, and where you can tell our story. Challenge those uh, that are coming with their hate rhetoric. Challenge them with the facts. And, uh, you know, many people say to me, I, I get tongue-tied, I, I, I don't know how to come up against this uh, uh, barrage of, uh, of accusations that we face sometimes. You know, stand firm in, in your messaging, stand firm knowing that uh, if, if you bless us, you are blessed, mm -hmm. and, and stand firm knowing that uh, you are supporting uh, a, a democratic state. Uh, just as a point of interest, uh, the BDS, who make, have, have all these accusations against us and, and, and tell us that they're a social justice movement, have been very quiet on atrocities in Ukraine or in China or in other parts of the world, including on the African continent. Mm -hmm. 
Sure, Raylene, thank you so much, because what you have shared with us is informative and also challenging, and it is great to be challenged, and it is good to rethink things that we think, and it's good to rethink things that we hear. It's good to rethink things that sometimes people's family members have even told them, you know, anti-Semitism is a reality, and it has been a reality in South Africa as well, and it, and it is there, and, you know, we can challenge that way of thinking. We should challenge things that are racist in any form. We should challenge things that are sexist in any form. We should challenge these thoughts and these ways of being. And anti-Semitism is part of what needs to be challenged. And I think that you're giving us some tools today to also say, this is how we can do it. And yes, we need to visit Israel and see what is actually happening. And also then think a little bit, you know, at the beginning of the show, when we were speaking about terrorism, this young, brave, Arab Israeli that laid down his life. Why would he do that if he as an Arab felt that, you know, Israel wasn't his country as well and these weren't his people? And that, even that testimony challenges our thinking. If we have any feeling that, you know, that's uncomfortable towards Israel, we can think and go, okay, you know, actually look at that. Maybe there's more that I need to know. And that's a challenge that we want to give out today. And on, 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 a, on a lighter note, I am excited because this weekend is a very special time for both Jewish people and Christians celebrating Passover. What is Wheatso doing for Passover? Because we know that it's, you know, Passover is a celebration. But I also believe that it is a time where we need to think about others and where we need to do things for other people as well. And I know that that is always at the heart of the Jewish people and also at the heart of Wito. So what are you ladies going to be doing for Passover this year? Are there special things that's happening? Is it, you know, different according to which country you find yourself in? You know, what's the joy that's going to be brought in this very special season? Well, I think, first of all, we're all cleaning and cooking up a storm uh, because, you, you know, we have to do the, the swapping of all our cutlery and crockery and get our, our kitchens all ready for, for Pesach uh, and cooking up a storm because, you know, many of us will be hosting uh, families or being hosted. Uh, in Israel, we have one night. Uh, in the diaspora, they have two nights of the, the uh, Seder. Uh, which is really, really special. We'll be educating our children in our schools and in our shelters and in our daycare centers. We will be making sure that our Ukrainian uh, refugees, and we've got 75 across three different um, uh, uh, youth villages run by wheat. So we'll be making sure that uh, they are safe, that they have somewhere to be and somewhere to go this Pesach. But I think most of all, Pesach, uh, Passover is a festival about freedom. And I think this year we will all have Ukraine in our hearts and in our thoughts. And anybody who is a, a refugee or who is fleeing for their life, I think that message will take on extra meaning and extra emotion uh, for all of us. I know many people around the country uh, and our federations around the world where they can, if they can host somebody uh, for Pesach, will be doing that. Uh, and of course, in Israel, we are so thrilled that you get to celebrate Easter along with us celebrating Pesach, uh, two very, very sacred uh, holidays for, for both religions. Uh, if you are anywhere near Jerusalem, it is a beautiful time of the year. Mm. To, to be in Jerusalem 
to celebrate, to commemorate. And uh, I think the overriding message for all of us this year will be we cannot take freedom for, for granted mm. and we cannot take the privilege of being with family for granted when so many cannot be. Mm, amen to that. You know, definitely, like you said, Ukraine on our hearts every single day and Ukraine on our hearts as well during this time of Passover. And Raleen, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. It's been such a privilege for me to be with you and to have this conversation with you. And I'm sure that you'll also be blessed to know for those who are listening as well, that you know, some of the presenters here at K-Pulpit are going to be joining the Ruth branch for a very, very special Pesach celebration and will be, you know, going as as their treat this year and we'll be celebrating with Ruth, Ruth branch Wito. And so it's going to be really really, really special to, you know, have everybody together for that. And it's going to be really great. And so Raleen, again, thank you so much for being with me today. And from my side, I wish you everything of the best. Looking forward to maybe meeting face-to-face one day, hopefully, you know, in Israel and, you know, maybe many others joining us. But thank you so much because this has been such a privilege to be with you today. Thank you so much. The privilege is all mine. I want to thank you and your listeners so much for everything that you do for Israel and for the Jewish people. I want to take this opportunity to wish you all a very, very blessed Easter. I hope to see so many of you uh, in Israel. I'd love to meet so many of you in person, especially uh, you, Lauren. And uh, for those of you who are joining our Ruthies at their Seder, Enjoy a hug from from me to all of you. Thank you so much for for everything that you are doing and being a, a voice for us when sometimes we feel alone and voiceless. Uh, the gratitude coming from Israel to all of you guys is immense. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Raleen. Take care. It's always amazing to me to consider, you know, truth and to consider the voices of people who can speak truth to us. Oftentimes in life, I believe that we hear things, but we need an inside voice on what is happening. We can hear about Israel, but we need an inside framework. We need an inside voice. It's the same with Ukraine. I've really, really felt so heavy hearted about what's happening in Ukraine. And over the past seven, eight weeks, I've met so many incredible people living in Ukraine, just over social media that I've connected with on deeper levels to hear from them what is happening beyond what the media is telling us. And I think it's so important to have those voices, to tell those stories and to really, really connect with that. I'm so inspired to know that, you know, people like Rolina speaking truth to us today and sharing with us today. And I think there's nothing more that I can really add, you know, except to say that I am super, super blessed that we can have bridges that connect us. It is exactly as Rolene said, when we talk about peace and when we want to create unity, when we, when we want to create a society that is beautiful and impactful and helpful, we need to often think about how we can build the bridges to be able to do that. We can't be anti-peace and we can't be burning bridges. We need to connect heart to heart, life to life, human to human. And that I think is the beautiful challenge I take away as I come to this Passover season. Just last week on the show, I spoke to SA Unite, who had fed over 750,000 meals already to people 
And this Passover, particularly for Passover, they said they wanted to feed a hundred people, a hundred people who need that Passover meal, a touch, not only of, you know, physical food, but also spiritual food, God's word, God's message of hope and freedom to people. And I think that, you know, SA Unite and all of us, we just have to do our thing in our way and to not forget that it is about other people. And I think that that is so beautifully displayed to us when we think of what we so do, when we think of what organizations around the world are doing. So I want to say from me to you, I pray that your Passover season will be blessed. I also pray that you will consider how to love others in this time, how to stop in for a moment and say, God, how do you want me to be your love today? How do you want me to be your hope today? How do you want me to be your light today to somebody, even if it's a small gesture even if it's I've cooked this meal over this time period you know and I I need to share it with someone this is not just about me let us be God's hands his heart and his hope to other people in the sacred season it has been such a blessing such a joy to be with you today on voice of change and you know what next week i'm going to take you into a real heartfelt issue i'm going to talk to you about how do we keep dreaming when we've had the death of our dreams or the disappointment of our dreams you know the last couple of years have been quite difficult for people and even you know this year it's this there's a lot of struggles so how do we keep on dreaming when things have not gone our way what does this mean how do we do this and that's going to be happening next week thursday so i can't wait to be with you then until then may god bless you and may you really be blessed during the sacred season take care this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m please visit kpulpit.co.za